Welcome to Scottish Farm Advisory Service Podcast. You can find out more about FARS on our website, www.fars.scot, or if you need advice, then call our helpline on 0300 323 0161. On this podcast, we meet a couple who make a big lifestyle change moving from the city to the Isle of Skye. We also speak to Sandra McKenzie, who's improved her lifestyle balance. So firstly, let's go to Galtrickle on Isle of Skye to meet Ian and Robbie. Hello, I'm Robbie Pancic. And I'm Ian McLean. And welcome to our croft, uh, Brogna Kruik on uh, Galtrickle on the Isle of Skye. Thanks very much. And so we're in the heart of the croft at the moment. And can you tell us a little bit about your plan to come to Skye, your plans, how they, how they grew? Yes. Um, yeah, we were both working um, office jobs um, in the city and uh, we reached a stage where we felt uh, we needed a new challenge on mm-hmm. a different part of the country and to be closer to wildlife and, mm-hmm. and enjoy those things. So we were... Came to Isle of Skye for a few times and we enjoyed what we saw. <laughs> We, we love the island. We kept coming more and more and fell in love with the island. And we thought, right, we're, we're going to move to Isle of Skye and see mm-hmm. what challenges will come. When was that? What that was um, t- towards the end of 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we we wanted a yep, something by the, yep, by the coast and uh, we wanted a decent piece of land. But crofting wasn't something that was... On our minds, on our minds yeah, or yeah. that we were intentionally looking for, but an opportunity rose when we were um, looking for a um, um, place to stay. And uh, we, we got chatting to the, the crofter whose land it was, and he was um, happy to, or would be delighted to see the croft brought back into use. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we, we agreed that and uh, found ourselves <laughs> with a croft. <laughs> That alone is quite a daunting task, especially if you're not from a crofting background, which you both weren't. Yeah, yeah. Although you lived in Fort William, you knew what hills were. But it's just the actual yeah. getting in and how how you decided to start. Because I always remember, Robbie, you you basically dug a loch here <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the over a period yeah, of time. A wee, wee locking, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, by spade. That's right. Um, no, I just like uh, just uh, to encourage wildlife as well. Really, um, just and to secure a water source, and to secure um, water source for what yeah. we were growing. So, yeah. we, so Robbie, yep, yeah, he was out with a spade for a few weeks <laughs> and uh, developed a, a good water store, or mm-hmm. became a good uh, wildlife uh, lock-in as well. Because this area is very much uh, vegetable. You have two polytunnels, and you also have lovely fruit garden. Yeah. And again, that was through hard work right yeah i mean the whole area was just covered in bracken um almost shoulder high really uh very thick bracken and so just got rid of that by uh cutting that uh, a few times a year with a brush cutter and uh and eventually it weakened it and disappeared <laughs> so. yeah it, it does work but you do have to cut cut it uh at least a few times a year and that allow it to grow back before cutting it again so the, all the energy goes into the new growth and then you cut it back to get rid of get rid of it and then yeah eventually it all disappeared 
Yeah, bracken was the big challenge. Uh, the croft hadn't been uh, worked for... 50, 60, 70 yeah, years. Yeah, well over 50 years. Yeah. So there, w- there was a lot needing done, including the fencing as well to stock-proof um, the area. But yeah. we, we knew it was a good area to grow things because be, historically they uh, they used to grow things down here anyway. Potatoes, yeah. turnips, oats. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so... Uh, yeah. yeah, we spent a lot of time talking to the neighbours to try and understand the history of the croft and what yeah. was here before, and then also what the successes and, and what our neighbours have learnt as well from yeah. the area. So we, we no, our neighbours have been very helpful. They've been yeah. f- fantastic. And uh, and then because it was all new and we want to do the best we can, it's all new to us, so we want to do the best we can. So we, we enrolled ourselves on as many courses as we, as we could. Yeah. Um, and also to understand, to get a feel for what the opportunities were, what things we'd want to try or not. Um, so we're on a rural skills course by the the um, University of Highlands and Islands. So we're on that for six months. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then through the, the various SCA. courses from the SCF and, and, the, and, and the SAC as well, and the VET. And so there were so many courses that we went on because we, mm. we, you know, it's new and we wanted to get it right and get all the information we could. Mm. And then t- again, talking to neighbours and fellow, you know, crofters. Um, and so, so we ventured into getting some sheep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, we started with Hebrideans. Um, we were told that they were a li- little bit easier to manage than maybe others. They were a good sheep breed to learn from. But also because the ground was mainly heather, um, there there'd be a good starter sheep for clearing the the fields here. A good conservation grazers and conservation grazers, mm-hmm. yeah, and and also it, it's an opportunity to, to for us to see whether it was something that we we enjoyed and we wanted to to progress with and learned a lot um still learning still learning <laughs> you can never know enough <laughs> and it's been fantastic uh, I, uh, yeah still a fit, certainly a favorite breed and we're up to 70 odd now Hebrideans, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah. yeah so we through many seasons now of lambing sh- we do our own shearing and the own treatments um so it's very yeah. much hands-on and and things that we we enjoy and one of your big projects was to build a holiday home. Was that very much part of your plans when you came to Sky? Yes, uh, we, we, we wanted the Croft really to to support itself and to to be as viable as possible. Um, and the holiday let um, enables what to we're to doing happen. on the Croft yeah. to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you know, initially it's a big investment of. Uh, capital as, as well as our time in, in setting up the croft and then also just maintaining and managing the the numbers of sheep so well, you, uh, can't, another, you, can't, you, you can't have a croft without having something else i mean yeah. you can't do yeah. yeah have sheep in the numbers we have you know without having something else yeah. and i think crofts have always uh, you know the crofters have all, always had some multiple income sources yeah. and yeah. Uh, i think that that's required to to maintain and sustain a yeah the croft and that's been great meeting the guests and uh, a large majority of them are really interested in the croft what yeah. we're doing here yeah. the animals mm-hmm. as well you know the history of the place so yeah. that, that's that's been great mm-hmm. to get that yeah. feedback from the guests and you have one of the best views i don't know what i'm going to say in the world but what a view you have yeah we feel totally fortunate to, to be here and to be able to enjoy it on a, a daily basis and through the seasons 
Um, Even with the changing weather, you yeah. know, in the, well, <laughs> with, with, you have it all here, so uh, <laughs> it's so nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the northwest tip of sky, looking out towards the western isles of, yeah. of Harris and uh, Lewis, and then back along to, towards Loch Dunvegan. So it's uh, yeah, it's an absolutely breathtaking yeah. spot. Yeah. yeah, we're protected from that. The, the growing area and the town is protected from the prevailing wind, but they, we do get. We're quite exposed to the northerly and the northeasterly winds, so that can be a challenge, a quite a big yeah. challenge actually. Yeah, because your your tunnels are, you have them protected, which is of course the main yeah. thing. Yeah. And that how long they must be, five six years old now, yeah. maybe yeah. more, and they're still. Well, these, these tunnels can withstand. Uh, um, are supposed to be able to withstand 140 mile hour winds, so. Um, certainly we've gone up to 110 here so uh, it's still standing after 110 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant and they have been great I mean they, they do prolong the season and uh, and the variety of uh, ve vegetables and uh, salads that we can grow you're very much involved in the Glendale market which is a, a fruit and veg and meat uh, weekly market through the summer how did you get involved with that? Well, again, speaking to our neighbours and, and fellow growers in the area, there, there was a lack of a... Uh, uh, there was, although there's a huge demand, and always, I think there's still a very strong demand for local produce, there wasn't a, an air, somewhere where people could come and, and buy it. Yeah, so we got involved in, in, in um, talking about uh, getting a local market, local farmer's market, and... Um, um, we got that. We helped establish that mm -hmm. um, four or five years ago, yeah. mm -hmm. and it, it, it's proved a big success with with locals and visitors as well. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we really enjoy that. Yes, That's great. Yeah. And what about your own produce now? You use it for the holiday cottage and for other people as well. For the holiday cottage, so locals in the and area, our neighbours, and then mm -hmm. local restaurants as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. um, again, there's, there's a really good demand, and particularly we, we've, we've invested quite a lot in uh, soft fruits as well, and, yeah. and there's a big demand for that. And uh, we've got too much soft fruit now, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's proved a big success. And uh, again, there is a, a fantastic demand for local produce. It's, it's just uh, Getting the, getting the producer to meet the customer is yeah. is, the, is 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 the challenge, and mm -hmm. but it is it's really worked out. Yeah, and we enjoy that. We'll return to Robbie and Ian later, but that's the kettle boiled. So let's sit down and have a chat with Sandra McKenzie from Drumna Drocket. So I'll introduce Sandra. Hello, Sandra. How Hello. are you? I'm good, thank you, Ross. How yeah. are you? Fine, thanks. Thank you very much for asking me to come in and, and, and have a chat with you today. Um, that's very, very much appreciated. Well, hopefully you'll you'll tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've achieved and what you hope to achieve going forward in your farming career. Okay. And can you tell us a little bit about the farm you were brought up on? What's it called and where it is? And a, a wee bit about its okay. background as a... It's a youngster. It's a youngster. We're still young. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, um, so, yep, Sandra McKenzie, as Ross had said, um, I'm from Rykenagan Farm at Drumladrocket, which is just outside Inverness, 15 miles west of Inverness. So I'm a farmer's daughter. I've always lived amongst cattle and sheep, primarily store, lambs, store, 
cattle. Always had an interest in it. I, I always knew that I wanted to work within the yeah. agricultural industry. Um, maybe in my youth, I maybe wasn't so keen about working at home all the time as I wanted to earn an income um, that was money for me to, to live and obviously to get off the place as well and to meet with people. So during my high school education, um, I actually considered being a vet um, but I didn't achieve the, 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 the strong grades that were needed um, in order to, to go to veterinary college. So I actually went to agricultural college um, in Ayrshire to Auchincroove and had uh, four fantastic years um, down there, which has gained some of the skills and um, interests and contacts, friends that have really set me for life down there. Um, so having always wanted to work within the industry, um, once I graduated, um, I was an agricultural officer um, here on Sky for a couple of years. Um, and then I took up a career in agricultural consultancy. And following that, I also got um, an insight into working in the forestry industry as well. However, always had a passion for having and working with stock at home on the family farm. As a youngster, you were involved in your education were you also involved in clubs like young farmers and do you see them as an important part of agriculture yep um, i was a member of what was called the inverross um, young farmers and um, it was a a good group um, a good bunch of people um, at the time where we got to do different um, activities i think that there is a place out there for youngsters to participate in the young farmers as it does give you not only good networking and contacts that you people that you meet then throughout you know the rest of your life but it just gives you an insight into an insight into various other um, aspects um, out with the industry um, confidence building etc um, as well as participating in maybe competitions such as stock judging and what about your job at present? It's worked in so that you can also work at home, which is that, the, big part, the big yes. part of what you do now. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? So previously, um, I was involved in the working nine to five job, Monday to Friday, um, and I found this very tricky to juggle um, the perils of looking after livestock, particularly in the winter when you would be feeding animals and have to be in the office for a certain amount of time and maybe the tractor would be frozen it wouldn't start or cattle would break out in the night or something so I I, I was just getting constantly um, exhausted to be honest of just constantly juggling life um, around work so I knew that things were going to have to change something had to give I wanted to be at home more but yeah I still wanted to have a job and I still wanted to have my own income so uh, in the beginning of 2018 I started um, as an assessor for the QMS Cattle and Sheep uh, Quality Assurance Scheme and I uh, pretty much um, do quite a bit of work in Sky and Wester Rost and a bit in Caithness as well. So it's given me a great insight into the different types of farms and crofts and the different setups that, that people have. I, I like to think that coming from a farm, having a practical background um, gives a, a, a good bit of common sense, shall we say, um, which is needed um, in a role like that. And you talk a, a lot about your work-life balance. It's very much a key thing at the moment. How important is that 
for your sanity and <laughs> how, you, how you work. And... Okay, yep. Um, I think from my own personal point of view, my own opinion, I think it's an extremely important balance because uh, we are only on this planet once and we have to make the most of our life. Um, there's a lot of obviously uh, unfortunate people that's out there and a lot of um, sadness that goes on in the world. And I just wanted to um, to just, as I say, get on top of this, this juggling and uh, being able to have time at home, organize, get able to do you know work on specific days when I know I'm going to be at home, and then still get out and about, do my job, still see people, get an income then on the days that I am out and about. And can you tell us a bit about your farming enterprises? Okay. How you've changed, or what's given you ideas? How you've picked up new new ideas from other people? Okay, yeah, no problem. I, I think one thing uh, to, to point out first of all is that uh, we we as human beings never ever stop learning and if somebody tries to tell you that they know all about stock, well, they may know a lot but they certainly do not know it all. Um, we're all learning and we pick up new uh, bits of information, new tips um, every day. So at home um, I keep uh, cattle and sheep, so my sheep are um, a mixture of chariots some crosses and some blackface yows. Um, and my cows are all cross cows, pretty much shorthorn cross. They're all native type crosses. And it's the limousine bull that I use. Um, my calves this year were born off my cows to the simmental bull, as I had um, a hire of a simmental bull on the cows only last year. And that worked really well. Um, I also, so my calves are sold at just under a year old. Um, but I also have a wee sideline of um, selling some in calf heifers. Um, I felt there was a wee ga- there was a bit of a gap in the market to be honest of hardy type cattle ones that's suitable for the crofts for the west coast as I feel a lot of the um, the breeding cattle that are sold on the on the mainland are becoming very beefy and they're maybe losing the overall they're maybe losing the maternal traits that the native breeds hold. So uh, the first ever heifers um, that I sold um, was when my dad was alive, and that was back in 2009. It was um, two heifers that had been bought in North East um, as weaned calves, and I grew them on and uh, sold them in Dingwall, as I say, in, in 2009, and have been doing it every year since. And these are important things to do where your enterprise isn't working as well as you want. Taking that risk, judgment, getting advice from a lot of other friends, you built up a lot of contact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that we, we all need to be aware that um, doing the same thing because we always have done and because our, because our parents and our neighbours and everybody did the same for years before that maybe works for some people, but markets are changing, environments are changing, tastes are changing, breeds are changing, and it's important to, to move with the times. In particular, starting on the sheep side, um, before I used to use a blackface tap on the blackie yows and got absolutely, to be blunt, fed up of blacky lambs making a pittance going through the store ring so I started crossing the black faces with the cheviot tup obviously cheviot going on the cheviot yows um, and that gave some very nice cross lambs in particular cross yow lambs that were kept um, so it's all cheviot tups that's used across the, the whole flock but I was still looking for ways of trying to get basically lambs to make just that bit more money going through the ring and looking for a heavier lamb as well maybe tighter skins so for the first time I took the plunge last year of buying a texel tup um, and that, that seems to be working well we'll see how the texel cross lambs do in the ring this this back end but so far they're, they're looking good they're certainly a lot heavier to handle compared to the cross lambs and to 
to the Cheviot lambs. Um, I suppose on the practical side, um, the wh- where my place is, um, it is animals need to be to be pretty tough. I have everything out wintered apart from my uh, weaned calves, which come into the shed at weaning in the back end of the year. So no, I need to have hardy type cattle that are as low input as possible to obviously maximise the um, outputs that that come from them. So I try to have minimal input and maximum output. You're also involved in the Prince's Farm Resilience Programme, which is held in... That, that's right, I'm part actually of the of the Cairngorms group, um, Cairngorms, even though yeah. I am slightly out with the, the Cairngorms. Um, it's been a really good group and we started, um, I started involvement with that back in 2018. It's a really good group of people from quite diverse, different farms um, and we've been fortunate to have had speakers from various backgrounds, um, be it some of the the, um, big consultancy companies um, and also some of those that just... um, Get, just sow the seed a wee bit of mindset about maybe future planning and um, being more resilient where, where there's ever-changing um, times um, upon us um, at the moment and we just need to try and be a wee bit more business orientated and just consider th- seeing the bigger picture basically and just uh, taking different things into account. Although it's a family farm uh, your mother is the owner. That's correct. It's really up to you to make decisions what goes goes on on the farm yeah yep yeah. um, i have a brother and a sister um my brother um he he doesn't work um he doesn't live um on the farm he he lives away um and it's it's me pretty much um that I worked alongside dad uh, since as, as long as i can remember um, and obviously I've been very keen to, to keep that work going. Um, I'm very lucky to be able to see that I'm third generation um, on the holding. My grandfather came to the farm um, in the summer of 1949. No, sorry, 1945, I think. It was. No, 1949, that's yeah. correct. Um, and so it's just I'm just keen to try and keep things um, going. Um, obviously, we have to think that it is a business, and businesses do have to pay for themselves. Yeah. Um, but then it's... It's, uh, it's 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 important to obviously uh, what am I trying to say now um, to be able to be to focus on the business side but obviously on the, the stock side as well so when it comes to making a decision such as your uh, idea with the heifers mm-hmm. you would have probably c- consulted your father then uh, discussed yes. it with him yep. nowadays is it more a case you go to your contacts your friends your do you have a mentor or someone who helps? Yeah, um, I have I've a, a neighbour um, close by who is a very good sounding board for, for bouncing ideas off. Um, and I'm fortunate to have a, a good bunch of contacts throughout the whole country, yeah. really, and particularly um, folk that I was at college with, um, also from farming backgrounds and, and still stay on farms. Um, my former um, career as well um, set me in good stead about being able to make decisions and obviously when there is any changes to balance up, to weigh up the pros and cons um, of, of what these changes might be. Well, thanks Sandra for your time. And just before we go, can you give me three key bullet points on things you feel important to your business? 
Okay, thanks very much, Ross. Um, I think, as I said at the beginning, that it's important to bear in mind that we, we never, ever stop learning. We're always looking for ways um, to improve or to, to maximise what it is we're working for. So the first one I would say, Ross, is planning. Very important to try and plan ahead, seeing the bigger picture. If you are going to make any changes, to consider the potential impacts of what those changes may be. So so planning is important. Um, it can be very um Quite often the case that we tend to maybe as people maybe get stuck in a rut and we're doing the same routine um, day in, day out. And I think it's very important to to bounce ideas um, of friends, family, contact, neighbours um, and, and don't be afraid to, to ask for um, an opinion on something or um, just, just, yeah, as I say, just uh, opinions on maybe a change that you're, you're thinking on making. Um, and as a third point, um, I said earlier, we're only... We're only on this planet once. We have to make the most of it. Um, and having a work-life balance is extremely important, um, not just for, for mental health, but for, for, for just to enjoy life. Thanks to Sandra. And we'll now go back to Galtrigal on the Isle of Skye. Come on. Could I do? It's not bad. I don't think I've ever been this close to Hebridean no. in my life because they could be quite flighty, but no. No, these are. Wow. Yeah, looking good. The stock's looking well. Thank you. Uh, and you've also introduced some cheviots. You're... Yes, we we bought some uh, cheviot lambs um, at Portree two years ago, and then we topped them at the end of last year. And this is our first. Uh, uh, Cheviot lambs, um, yeah. so they're about four or five weeks old now, and uh, yeah, they're a much bigger, uh, bigger sheep than uh, the Hebrideans, yeah. which we've become used to. So it, that that again has been another great learning uh, ex- experience. But they don't have horns as well, so uh, <laughs> very difficult to, oh, much more difficult to handle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've been fortunate as well with our, our neighbours have uh, given us the uh, use of, the, of their fields. So that has enabled us to, to, to um, ha- have the stock number and to grow. Um, so, so we're looking forward to, to the sales in the end of August. Um, so that'll yeah. be, uh, s- selling the lambs will be a, a new, another new experience for us. And uh, we would have seen the whole cycle then off the, uh, the Cheviots. And you've also improved the the grazing area. Just having stock on here, the, as we're we're just talking, there's very little bracken now, a bit of heather that's just regenerating. So it's it's all very positive in terms of what grassland. Oh, it is. It's tr- transformed um, be- because of all, all the heather and the tall bracken that was here before. <laughs> you, you couldn't see grass, yeah. Um, and now it, it, there's a, a healthy amount of grass in here, uh, and that's helping the, the flock as well um, and it's now a lot easier to manage so we, we don't need to cut bracken anymore no, no. <laughs> it's been good um, the Hebrideans we love there's a huge demand for their fleece less so for the meat yeah. um, and there's um, a big demand from the spinners and weavers in the local area for the Hebridean fleeces oh, um, there's a place in, near Edinburgh island at the edge um, oh, yes, yeah. so that their fleeces uh, go there um, and similarly with the, the Cheviots, um, the local weavers will take their, their fleeces. Um, but on the meat side, uh, 
the established market, I think, on Sky and in Portree is uh, is is not the the, the rare breeds. It's more the uh, the um, the Cheviots and Texels and black faces. Um, so, yeah, I mean, something that we'd hope for is. is uh, we do want to keep the the Hebrideans and to make them viable. Um, at the moment, they, they've got a they've had a job to to clear up the field. That's been their main the main task. Um, but I, I I think to to be viable going forward, we're really keen on a a local abattoir. Um, because the the meat is is a lovely meat. <laughs> the actual um, area you've come into, you've come into a community. Crofteens are all about mm. community townships and such. How did you go about that? Was it? Did you find it people very welcoming? And yes. <laughs> yes. Um, everyone's welcoming. Um, I, th- I think they wanted to encourage us because we were here and they, they could see that we did want to make a go of it yeah. and crofting it and try. Yes. And yeah, yeah. for that, I th- yes, they were very helpful and gave a lot of lot of good advice. Um, we had some, you know, we had some of our own ideas of how we wanted to do things and, and to achieve. But you know, we, we wanted to really learn from from other people. Um, we didn't want to dive in there with our own suggestions and yeah. telling us this is how it should be done. But no, we, we we wanted to take advice from as many folk as possible and appreciate their their long experience that they've got. Yeah. And in terms of the long long term for the township, you, you've also been involved with uh, fencing projects as such, which is a good yeah. thing for the yeah, township they, hill. Yes, it's a common grazing, yeah. so um, we were keen to, to start up again. Start up yeah. the grazing yeah. committee mm-hmm. and just to see what others in the community wanted from, from the common grazings. And see how we could help mm-hmm. in it, and uh, so so we got that established, and that was very very positive. And one of the things they wanted to do was uh, sort of repair and improve the fencing, um, the boundary fences, and uh, yeah. So so we got two and a half kilometres of fencing done uh, last year, um, and that was getting all, all the shareholders to contribute, and then going through the grant process, and. You know, keeping everyone engaged, and and so that, that's been a great achievement, and uh, yeah. really helping with the common grazings. The future, the future, uh-huh. is that is. Can we talk about the future, or are you just taking it one one day at a time, or have you got? Well, the the croft is very established, but you're always looking to improve and to. Yeah, we're very active people, so we, we can't really stand still. So we we have to keep ourselves engaged and keep learning, and I think that's very important. And it's quite easy to be busy twenty four hours a day if you yeah. want. Yeah. Sheep keep yeah. you on your toes and busy the whole time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we, we there's some land on the other side of the of the, of the road that comes with the croft, and again that hasn't been grazed either for. 40, 50 years, so we've had that fenced, and now, now we're introducing the Hebrideans there. So, yeah, so we want to establish a good flock and make them viable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and hopefully, uh, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for the sheep. And then from the weavers, the sky skins is nearby, so that's yeah, that's yeah. another mm-hmm. opportunity there as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's a shame that there there isn't an abattoir in sky. Uh, because it, it, it's, 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 it hinders 
hinders so much yeah. uh, regarding what you can do with sheep and unless you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yeah. hundreds of sheep and which crofts or generally aren't of a sufficient size to yeah. sustain that number so uh, uh, you know if you had a local arbitrary it'd be easier to with smaller flock numbers to, to rather than having to uh, go all the way to Dingwall or you know 100 over 100 miles away and it just it's just simply uh, the costs and the viability of it it just doesn't make sense really yeah. um, there's, a, there's a lot of crofts and a lot of you know small scale producers producing fantastic uh, livestock yeah. and uh, I, I think again like the vegetables there will be a big demand for local produce um, and where you can source them back to yeah. back to a, a low intensive farming method which I think there is a large demand for that and the actual the conservation side of what, what you're doing as well is is very important to you as as much as the stock and the holiday house just seeing seeing the, the birds and the the flowers growing must give you a lot of satisfaction too yes that's one of the reasons you know we, we wanted to be in the sky was to we, we love nature and we want to li- live with nature and encourage it um, so, so things like produce you know Creating lock-ins. Um, well, we've created a little wee, uh, well, wee, a wee, a wetland area up at the top, which, uh, yeah. which was uh, originally there was. Um, I mean, there was a lot of water coming down, but it wasn't. Uh, it's was very boggy there, and and I think historically it might have been used for peat cutting. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but uh, the, where the water came out, it sort of dammed that up so that the so that the area would flood. And then now we've got, you know, we've got um, ducks coming there, wild ducks. We've got the, it encourages dragonflies and newts and all these kind of the things birds. that, that are, uh, in the way, uh, in, in like water, really. Yeah. We've been uh, planting a lot of trees as well, yeah, haven't we? Trees. So that's mm-hmm. been going and leaving areas, some areas ungrazed where we can yeah. to encourage the things through. Um, yeah, it's, it's tracking a balance, really. It's all about the balance mm-hmm. for yourselves as people as well as... Yes, the croft is uh-huh. what it could provide you. So just to finish, you've talked about your introduction to crofting and how you've progressed and how you've spent your money to make money as such, because mm-hmm. that's what you have to do in this game. And what about the future? I know this is a difficult question, but is it a case of just sustaining and building or you know you're both very active you might have other plans other projects i'm sure you do <laughs> i think robbie robbie well we were just he's got something. things to build <laughs> yeah. i think of something yeah robbie uh, always loves building things don't yeah, you you've become yeah. quite uh, a handy person over the uh, last number always, of years uh, uh yeah we always end up with spare bits of wood and then i'm trying to think of what to do with these spare bits of wood <laughs> Like we put little benches around the croft and just oh, yeah. something quite nice for us or for uh, our guests coming to just have, have sit and enjoy. Yeah. Sometimes you need to sit down and, and take stock of what you've achieved. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly sheep numbers probably it, it were almost up there with sheep numbers. But we're in the top part of our the, the hill field that we have, um, that, that, that needs to be uh, looked at now. So, um, because the area down... The lower part of our field that's now been grazed and um, managed, but the top part is, it needs more work. So, um, 
that's what we'll probably be focusing on pretty much doing the same thing again but but, but with all that we've learned so far putting that to practice excellent and, and with our fruit and vegetables um again we're looking for sort of op, you know always looking for opportunities for that um in terms of sales and and marketing those um yeah. in the area so that, that that's an area that we want to mm-hmm. so, so quality fruits and, and yeah. veg um, which we we both enjoy doing that yeah. um, keep the market for that mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah so it's it's all taking place it's all taking place i know i've been here over years watching it grow and it's, it's an absolute privilege to be here today especially on the good weather and thank you for your time and good luck in the future oh thank pleasure ross thanks for coming here that's great cheers the scottish farming advisory service provides a telephone advice line which you can call for free advice the number is 0300 323 0161 visit the fast website at www.fast.scot to find out about free events near you the scottish farming advisory service no fast Footy dinners to me, my had the Gary Corner, footy at the phone, Naski, it a nat of O three hundred three two three O one six one. The footy at Toll it in Larach Lean www.fans.scot. I guess you have a tilly feast of my tacker just in Fashkit Falavirat.